Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Now, as a child pottering around in the garden, you may have well found a strange-looking thing that was round, hollow and with a protruding stick. Now, we know these things were clay pipes, and a lot of them seem to have been discarded many, many, many years ago. Maybe, I don't know, there may be a school of thought that we should keep them. Some, of course, were were better than others. Surprisingly, though, clay pipes are still made today, and there's clearly a demand for them. But I wonder whether they're used for smoking or purely for decoration. To tell me more about clay pipes is the last known clay pipe maker uh, in the UK, Oliver Meeson, and he's on the line from Newport in Shropshire, so not too far up the road as it, as it were. Good evening, Oliver. Good evening. Lovely to chat with you. Thank you for joining me this evening. Now, I mean, let's put some context behind this. Tell me what a clay pipe is. Uh, and it's a fairly obvious question, I suppose, but just so we understand, because these aren't just ordinary pipes, are they? No. Well, a clay pipe is a tool used for the smoking of tobacco, traditionally. Mm. They were invented at the end of the 16th century, and they have continued ever since until during the first world war when cigarettes were becoming more popular Mm. and clay pipes in particular began to sort of dwindle around the 1960s when um, its wooden cousins though would continue to remain popular though so how how common would you say pipe smoking is today well, there is still a, a desire to smoke pipes. Um, I've heard recently from people who have purchased pipes from me that um, tobacco clay pipe smoking in particular is making a bit of a comeback. It's becoming um, sort of more popular. Mm. The um, societies that I've um, spoken to, there's um, a Facebook group actually, uh, one chap, who bought some pipes from me, he told me he was in that group and it has over 700 members. Gosh, so it's, yeah. so it, it's clearly still, you know, still clearly popular today. But how do you go about making a clay pipe then? Because you make these by hand, don't you? Yes. Although not strictly by hand, there's a mould used. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Okay. So the process to start with, obviously is your ball of clay. What you do is you roll that out into a cone-shaped piece of clay, and that's called a dummy, and that is what is effectively an unpressed clay pipe. Mm -hmm. You then um, put that into the one half of the mould, which uh, is just to test that it's not too big, there's not too much clay or too little clay, because otherwise you won't get the full shape of the pipe particularly if it's a decorative one. Mm. You, you then, so as you take that out with a 60-40 mix of white spirit and cooking oil, which is the oil that I use personally, um, different oils are used by different people. Um, my mentor who taught me clay pipes, one of the uh, additives he used was um, paraffin. Right. Uh, but they all do the same job, 
which is to keep the clay from sticking to the mould. Okay, that so once you've lubricated, sense. yeah. So um, once you've lubricated the mould, you place the dummy back in, and then with the other half of the mould, you press the two halves together. You then place that into a contraption known as a gin press. And what this does is it makes the bowl in the bowl of the pipe. Right. What you do is you, um, you, you bring the lever down with the plunger, which is attached to it, uh, gently down. This is to ensure that you don't get suction from the clay, which would then um, ruin the form of the pipe bowl, and also not to damage the mould. You then take the mould back out of the gin press and take off the one half of the mould, leaving the press pipe inside. And then what I do with a copper rod is from the tip of the stem to the bowl as I carefully thread it up. This creates the hole so you can draw the tobacco smoke oh, right. through. And you leave that then on the side to dry for 24 hours. And then once it's dried to a suitable state with the back of the knife, I just take off all the excess that might be left, the sort of flash as you would, and so it gives it a more smooth appearance. I then put that in a kiln for seven hours, and then when it comes out, it comes out as a clay pipe. Wow. So it's quite an involved process, really. How did you learn to do this, Oliver, and what's your sort of background? Well, I started... Um, when my father first told me about it. He's in the Newport History Society, you see. Mm. And he came back from one of um, the meetings, which they have guest speakers from time to time. And one of the speakers was Rex Key. And he would go on to teach me how to make a clay pipe. And the two examples my father actually brought home was the thorn pipe and the eagle's claw the thorn pipe i now actually have the mold to and that is one of the pipes i make myself mm -hmm. right okay so that, that i mean how long did it take you to learn that would you say then well i i spent a day learning the um general practice with rex mm. um he said that i picked it up quite quickly so, oh, that's good. So, I mean, yeah. you described a second ago how you make a pipe. How long does it actually take to make one? If you just disregard the firing, because obviously you said that sort of he's got to dry for twenty four hours and it's fired for seven hours. But to actually get that the, the initial shape that you're then ready to leave to dry, um, how long does that process take? Well, it depends on the pipe. If it's a small pipe like a bubble pipe, which um, would have been used for blowing bubbles a child's toy, hence it, its diminutive size, mm. that would take about two to three minutes. Something bigger, like a church warden, which is sort of one of those famous pipes that comes to everyone's mind, that mm. could take in towards upwards of ten minutes because of the skill it requires to thread 
the um, rod down the stem. So not really that long. It's it's not very clearly, you know, a, a long drawn out thing. Then I suppose. And I guess you make pu- um, custom pipes for customers, or do you just, you know, sort of not so much mass produce, but just do you do you make a, a range of sort of standard shapes and sizes? How does it work? Well, I have um, several molds myself, uh, all of which have different sorts of designs. Mm. The thorn, as I keep mentioning, is one of the most popular of my designs because of its most timeless appearance. Um, Another popular one is the briar, which is that classic sort of um, stippled ripply effect with a smooth um, stem end. Um, When it comes to commissions, it's not so much that I design a pipe from scratch as um, designing a mould and getting one made is a a long and often difficult task, as Rex, my mentor who taught me, would tell you. Mm. Um, So I've opted for a more simple sort of um, customisation, which is with stamps. Because if you get a pipe, particularly a plain one with a large enough bowl, you can use stamps to create all sorts of unique decorations. I've done um, two commissions in the past, um, one being the Jubilee pipe to celebrate Her Majesty's Diamond Jubilee. The other is a orchid pipe. Okay, that's good. Right, so so that those those are your, your different ones. I mean, taking it... Let, I said at the beginning there is, you know, a shift away from smoking now these days because, you know, it's deemed antisocial, you know, it's illegal in, you know, all public places. Has that affected your business? It has in some ways, but not in most. Um, My pipes are sold. Yes, I have a lot of people who smoke by my pipes, but um, I've also had people buy my pipes for um, decorative and crafting purposes. I've had customers buy pipes to simply paint up and glue little baubles and things to them to decorate Christmas trees. Right, that's good. Two of my most popular pieces are my framed pipes and my reef pipes, which is the reeves. I have a, a a ricker sort of wooden reef which I have um, feathers and dry flowers glued to, mm. and, of course, a pipe. Those sell quite well, as well as the frames, which are uh, your typical sort of picture frame with four to five pipes, and those sell very well as well. How different, would you say, is the flavour for somebody smoking a pipe between clay pipes and, and, as you mentioned earlier on, the sort of more widely produced wooden ones? Because surely that would have an impact on, on the taste that, that people experience. Well, I've been told that uh, my clay pipes produce a nice, cool smoke. Unfortunately, me, myself, I don't smoke. So no. to, the full, to the full extent, I can't really answer that no, question. No, fair enough. Just go by the feedback that you get from, from your customers, of course. And I guess you produce pipes for both the UK and overseas. Where would you say is your biggest market? My biggest market itself would be here in England, I sell a lot of pipes at um, local fairs and shows, particularly in and around Shropshire, where I live. 
but I have sent a pipe now to America, right. and there has been American interest. Oh, that's interesting. So there's this, you know, okay, that's only one, but if, if there's interest there that, you know, you may get a demand from that. But as you say, it's probably not going to top the demand you have from the UK. Not at the moment, no. But the Heritage Crafts Association has added the clay pipe to its red list of endangered skills. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a skill that you very clearly need to covet. Um, but should we can be concerned about this? Well, personally, I think that um, not just um, clay, tobacco, pipe making, but all heritage crafts in general, uh, we have to keep alive and remember because it's a part of, our cultural and national identity. Mm. Yeah, to lose such um, skills and crafts, I think, would be quite detrimental, particularly in a history aspect. If there's no one there who knows what its purpose is and how to do it, then future generations will see these artifacts and not truly understand them. Now, now clay pipes have their own archive. Um have you used that for inspiration? Not so much inspiration, but I have used the um, clay pipe archive in Liverpool. Mm. Um, a lady from Canada once um, emailed me um, with a find of a pipe that uh, she found whilst um, doing her hobby, which is scuba diving. She found it um, in one of the old fishing ports in mm. um in Canada, and with, with their help, I managed to identify this pipe for her, and she was absolutely thrilled to know a bit of its history. So what can you tell me about it? Because, you know, how old was it? Well, the pipe itself was a Glaswegian um, pipe make from a um, Scottish pipe-making company. It was made in around the 1750s gosh and um, the company itself exported a lot of its pipes to what was then the British colonies in America and mm -hmm. uh, so naturally one wouldn't be surprising to be found in Canada no I suppose not Gosh, well, that was a nice find for her um, Oliver where can we find out more information about your work my work in particular, um, that I have my own website. Give that a but, mention. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's ojmeasonpipemaker.co.uk uh, and also on my Instagram page, which is Oliver Meeson Pipemaker, all one word, all lowercase. Oliver Meeson, thank you very much indeed for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick. <laughs>